Good morning, everyone. This is Bill Giannone, and welcome back to our Crestcast. Today's Crestcast is about being a good listener. I want you to listen and see if you can hear anything in the background here. It's very possible that you can't because I use a, a, a pretty high-level sound-reducing microphone that kind of just focuses on my voice. But if you can hear, there's a little bit of rumbling in the background. Well, I want to talk about being a good listener. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because, full disclosure, I'm creating this Crestcast on a Saturday morning. And normally a Saturday morning would be a nice, quiet place in most businesses. Nobody's really doing too much unless you're a service type of supermarket or that kind of a business. But Saturday mornings in the restoration business, by and large, are usually reserved for one or two monitors or an emergency that came in overnight. Well, at the company I'm helping out here in Atlanta, Reliable Restoration, Saturdays have become a regular workday. There's staff in the office that are here, and there are three or four crews that go out and do work because there's so much work that comes in during the week and there are so many calls that come in and the work doesn't necessarily get pushed back, but there's just a lot of additional work to be done. So Saturday has now become a work day. The owner of the company is pretty good about making sure that Sunday is reserved for absolute emergencies and everybody gets Sunday off. But by and large, there's a good crew here every Saturday morning. Now, why is that? Well, part of it is because the owner has become a good listener. Now, how does that make any sense? How do you become a good listener and then turn that into, well, we're working on Saturdays? Well, when I say listener, I mean the owner was listening to the pulse of the company. There are so many things that you can listen for as a business owner. One of the things you want to listen for is you want to listen for the pace of work. How much work is coming in? Yes, for some of you, it might seem crazy that you don't even know how much work is coming in. But when you're a company that gets above 30, 40, 50 jobs a month, there's many times that the owner is not heavily involved in everything that goes on day to day because he's worried about other things. He's focusing on what I would call higher level things, more about trends and more about, you know, 10,000 or 30,000 foot decisions, which we've talked about in past webinars. The important thing, though, is you still need to be able to listen to what's going on, the pace of business. If you know that business is getting busy, you don't necessarily have to stay structured to a nine to five, or you don't have to stay structured to this is a fixed work week for everybody, including the crews. You have to be able to be flexible. Part of the flexibility is understanding that if you look at a week as six days, you can take that same amount of business, stretch it out a tiny bit, and still be very successful. Now, what happens if the job came in on a Friday and you put off the demo to a Saturday? Are you going to have trouble getting that approved by the insurance company or getting it paid for after hours? Uh, you might. So as a business, you have to make a business decision. Is it worth trying to jam all that work into five days and burning everybody out and getting everybody upset? And by and large, you're still going to have to pay them overtime anyway, 
or you give them a little bit of rest and you let them work off six day, which they prefer. They get the overtime anyway. For most of the guys, they're more than willing to work that six day because they know it's every single second of it is OT. So you're hearing what they would prefer. You're hearing what your clients are asking for, which is immediate response as quickly as you can. And you're listening for what your managers are telling you about the oversupplies of, of work and needing more materials and needing more equipment. And how can we do that? Well, a simple thing like what's happened here, where we've gone from a five-day week to a six-day week, has really made the difference. What's the next evolution in that? Well, the next evolution is if there's consistently enough business to warrant, the next evolution is you start having crews that only work Tuesday through Saturday or Wednesday through Sunday. And they have a five-day week where you're not incurring so much overtime, and that's a normal workday for them. That's the next evolution. There are many companies in our industry that have staggered schedules. Obviously, you don't need as many people on a Sunday, per se, as you do on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, as just about everybody understands that there's a flow to the work week. And it involves more calls coming in earlier in the week and fewer coming in later in the week. But it also means that you're not taxing your crews. One of the biggest problems we have as a restoration industry is that we tend to either be feast or famine. We tend to either have no work and guys are sitting around and we're trying to figure out how to cut costs by laying people off, or we've got too much work and we can't go out and get anybody to help. Well, both are equally bad for you. One's bad for your bottom line, but the second one that I talked about having too much work can actually be really detrimental for your entire company. That can put your company in a tailspin because even though you're doing the work, the quality of work's going to go down. The quality of the workday for your workers is going to go down. So their ability to function and their ability to stay with it, so to speak, is going to be hampered. If that becomes hampered, you run the risk of burning them out and then looking for another job, either within the industry or totally out of the industry. Remember, I know I've said this to you before on other Crestcasts, but Amazon pays $18 an hour to work nine to five in a warehouse. There's no crawling in sewage. There's no, you know, two foot crawl spaces. There's no getting up at two in the morning on a Saturday morning. There's none of that. So we have to be aware of that. We have to make sure the experience we're giving to our workers is something that befits their skill sets, their levels. And we have to respect them as human beings as well, that they do have lives. They do have families. So because of that, you have to be a good listener. That's the main part of being a listener and how it relates to working on Saturdays. How else can you be a good listener? Well, problems don't just manifest themselves on the first day. Most times when a problem is severe enough that you as the owner have to get involved in it, it's something that's been going on for a long time. My mantra when it comes to dealing with problems is you deal with them as quickly as possible and as completely as possible, as soon as they pop up. There's no reason to push them off, and there's no reason to say, well, it'll work itself out. I'm a big believer in problem solving, not problem mitigating. Mitigating, the term mitigating is don't make it worse. Remember, we don't do 
make it better work in restoration. We do keep it from getting worse. When we're done, the homeowner usually can't still use any of the rooms we've worked in unless it's a very simple extraction, cleaning, and drying. If we're in there, we have it to the point where we have to do demolition, we're leaving it in a nice condition, but we're not leaving it usable. So we're not leaving it better, and we're not getting it solved. We're just mitigating. We're keeping it from getting worse. Well, the same applies to problems. Don't mitigate problems. Solve problems. If somebody's having an issue about how they're being treated out in the field by another technician, get in front of that right away. Don't let that fester. Remember, every single employee that we have, it costs us probably a third of their salary to train them. Now, you might sit there and say, how does that figure? If somebody's making $40,000, you're telling me it's costing me twelve dollars to $15,000 to train them? I'm saying yes. Because remember, a good portion of the time that they're starting out, they're not providing you with any value, yet you're paying their salary. So that counts as part of what your hard cost is because you're not getting any return. Then throw in the cost of things like the Crest Network, REITs TV, the ISCRC certification classes, any kind of continuing education. All those things are factors that you have to be able to figure out. It's costing you money to train somebody. So if somebody's going to get to the point where they're getting belittled and you don't deal with it, and then they quit, you're throwing your own good money away. It's so much easier to solve a problem and keep somebody happy than it is to find somebody new, especially in this marketplace. So listen up for individual problems. Listen up for quality problems. I'm not saying every customer absolutely is telling the truth all the time. I'm prefacing it by saying we all understand that there are certain customers that we can never please, and there are also certain customers that are going to use leverage in order to try to reduce their obligation to us. I'm putting that out there. That said, we have to be listening for real constructive criticism of our work. We have to be willing to make changes on a dime as it relates to the quality of our work if we start hearing that we're not giving the best of our ability. Now, if the best of our ability is a 90 or 95, but we're doing a ton of work, that's great. Don't let perfect be the enemy of really good. I want really good work. I don't need perfect work. It's a great standard and a goal, but if we use that as our only monitoring goal, we'll always fail. So really good has to be your threshold. But if really good turns into, well, it's okay, it's not that great, now we've got a problem. Now, not that great becomes your standard. That is not acceptable. And if it gets to that point, it's so much harder to unwind. Have you ever seen a ball of yarn? And it's it starts as just two pieces of yarn coming together and then not being able to be separated. And then after a while, if it just keeps rolling up, it becomes something that's very difficult to untangle. Well, similarly, your business can work in that direction. Problems with the staff, problems with the quality of work. The longer you let it go and just say, oh, it'll work itself out, or it's a one-off or the customer's lying, that denial can lead you down the road towards real serious issues that can't be easily solved. So be a good listener. Listen to your clients. Finally, the last thing I think it's very important to listen to, listen to your lead sources. Your lead sources are your lifeblood, 
your marketers spend a lot of time developing relationships with your lead sources so that they feel comfortable and confident giving their clients over to you. If you notice that there's been a downturn in some of your lead sources, you have to go and listen to them, find out why they haven't called you in two months, and ask them for brutal honesty. If they're telling you, well, it's just been slow, and they were a guy that gave you a call every week for a year and now for the last two months they didn't give you a call, that's not the truth. You know it's not the truth. But let's nip it in the bud before it becomes too late. Also, be very sensitive to your marketers about certain jobs. Sometimes we might be looking to make the most money on a job that we can, but it might turn out that it was a plumber screw up. And we have to now take a different tack. Yes, we always want to do what's best for the client, but we also want to make sure we're doing that in a way that doesn't get the plumber in trouble, doesn't burn him or doesn't financially obligate him too badly. So always be communicative, but always be listening to your lead source. They're going to always be able to tell you when there's issues before it becomes too late. So listening is a really good skill. You have to be a good listener if you're a leader and if you're an owner, because being a good listener means that you can act before it gets too late. And acting before it gets too late is the difference between having a good company and having a great company. Well, thank you for listening to me today. I really appreciate it. This is Bill Giannone, and I want to thank you again on behalf of everyone at the Crest Network. And I look forward to hearing from you. My email address is bill at thecrestnetwork.com. Drop me a note. Let me know what you think. If you agree with me, let me know. If you disagree, let me know as well. I'd love to have a really good conversation about this or any topic. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.